a Just Us Lesbians production. So I was looking at an old college photo of myself from the early 2000s back in the Philippines. A time and a place where living an alternative lifestyle was a big no-no. I was a young lesbian who didn't know any other lesbians. I had no clue how I was going to get through life living that way, but I kept on living anyway. Here I am now, 20 years later, with a lesbian crew of my own, living freely and loving every minute of it. I didn't have any lesbian influences growing up, and this is the primary ingredient of the Taco Stand podcast. You're listening to a podcast produced and powered by lesbians, and you're about to hear their incredible lives. This is what the Taco Stand podcast is about. The Taco Stand podcast welcomes Jackie Bowers. She hails from Kansas City, Missouri, and served in the United States Air Force for over three decades and held a variety of positions in procurement, acquisitions, and systems. She retired as a Lieutenant Colonel in 2015. Her goal for Just As Lesbians, also known as Jewel, is to be the benchmark for lesbian community across the country. Jackie Bowers, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Anjali. I appreciate it. So um, when I was first thinking about this podcast, there was no one else I can think of as the first person to guest the show because, one, this wouldn't happen if not for just as lesbians, and two, this wouldn't happen if not for you. So... Um, there's no one else I had in mind to guest on the show, but you first and foremost. So thank you for coming on board. Thank you for, um, taking the time and being the first one out of our very many guests. And we're delighted that we're finally getting this show on the road and delighted to have you on as our very first inspiring lesbian woman who we would all hear about and talk about for ages to come I'm sure well I appreciate that I mean everything you said and all the kind words I do this because I believe in it it makes me happy and I know it makes the lesbians happy coming together having a community and uh, I really appreciate all the support you and all the members of our group have given we all know it doesn't happen by just one person it takes all of us so Thank you. Um, and you, you know, you're very welcome. I know that it's a lot of work to do what you do. Um, and we'll get to the portion about just as lesbians, because that's a very big part of the reason why we have this podcast. And most of the ladies that are going to come 
as the guests on the show would be mostly coming from the group just as lesbians. So to our audience and to our listeners, you'll definitely hear more about the just as lesbians here pretty soon. But for now, what I wanted to get to is anything and everything basically about Jackie Bauer. So um, spill the beans, right? Right? Like that's the <laughs> that's what's gonna be the show. It's gonna be like so. Um, I think for most, you know, queer community and most lesbians out there, the first thing usually that you want to ask about, you know, the, the lesbian that you're with, or if you're out on a date, the first thing you ask about right away is what's your coming out story? So that's the first question I think about. So what is your coming out story, Jackie? Like, when did you first know that you're a lesbian? Okay, I can tell you from the time I was a very, very uh, young uh, girl, I knew that I had an attraction to women. And I'm talking like elementary school. Yeah. So yeah. definitely had some crushes on some girls in the class <laughs> with me. But of course, you know, you kept them to yourself. And, you know, I didn't know what that was at that time. Yeah. So what was that like because you're if you don't mind me saying you're 59 right now right so that means that you were kind of figuring out yourself like as early as you said as you were a kid so i'd probably say around seven eight years old yeah so this was it was like probably early uh 70s so what was that like like not even knowing what a lesbian is right so you think you just grew up thinking you're a little bit different you didn't quite know who you are. Yeah, I would say not really sure. You know, I knew there was a strong attra attraction uh -huh. to females. And uh, yeah, I definitely had my little crushes and uh, carried on with that in my mind only, <laughs> of course. Right. But, you know, never acted on any of it, you know, until later. Because, you know, it's just something that wasn't talked about. Really didn't know much about it at the time. Yeah. So when did you actually first acted on it? So you were thinking about it when you were young and then you came, you started, when did you actually fully realized this is a thing and this is who I am? Well, I think I always knew, um, but it wasn't until I got my first girlfriend, which is in uh, the early 80s. I was 16, we uh -huh. met, we we're in high school. Um, it happened one night. <laughs> <laughs> And it also happened in an, a very uncompromising uh, uh, position, situation with me where my mom walked in and caught uh, me and the girlfriend in a position that we'd, we're not going to talk about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you were just sort of friends with her and then you guys started developing feelings for each other? Yes, the friendship um, was there. And of course, um, you know how they say, like with the U-Haul, well, it moved fast, <laughs> the relationship. <laughs> so do you still talk about, do you, I mean, do you still have contact with this girl or no? No, it's been decades since we've communicated. Yeah, so so that happened. And then that's how your mom found out that, oh, she's a, she's gay or she's a lesbian, whatever. Yeah. Yes, I mean, again, she walked in on this, uh, you know, situation that was occurring between two females, which, you know, is something you don't 
yeah. really talk about or, <laughs> or or really happen in that time frame. And uh, I grew up in a very, very smaller yeah. uh, Hispanic community. And I think my mom was in shock and disbelief that she had to pretty much tell everybody and their brother to, <laughs> so they knew. And yeah. uh, it was tough. It was tough. And uh, I ended up moving out the next week because I felt a lot of shame, right? embarrassment, it wasn't something I could really deny uh, that it occurred because it did. And yeah. of course, my mom had credibility. So, <laughs> right. So after that, then it was awkward, and you, you, it wasn't accepted. Basically, in the eighties, it wasn't as obviously as how it is now. There's visibility; everyone's welcoming. Sort of depends on where you're at. So, this, how did that? Yeah, how did that evolve, I guess, over time? You know, during the time when this happened, I want to say it was in 82, 83 when this occurred. You know, you got to remember that AIDS was starting to really, the attention on AIDS and yeah. all the deaths, the sicknesses, and, you know, this disease that's um, popping up in the actual gay men male community mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of fear a lot of misunderstanding of course no who knew yeah what was really going on with it and so basically you know it was one of them things that to me it was a, a shameful thing because it was a disease that was killing people and you know here i am <laughs> right yeah. acting uh doing my uh my part in the lesbian community <laughs> with, <laughs> with my first with my first girlfriend and so it was tough um moved out the next week and just kind of moved on from my family and just you know carried on with my girlfriend for a few more years and uh that was it wow so that essentially catapulted you to uh going to the military is that what happened so because you wanted to you first felt you weren't accepted then by the family, um, by your mom or your dad. Yeah, absolutely. Because I grew up, like I said, in a smaller Hispanic community, but we were also Catholic and right. Catholic school, uh, the social pressures, all of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a wide acceptance, of course, you know, at that time. So... Yeah, I always knew I wanted to join the military. I knew since I was like 14 years old. Yeah. And, you know, I was fortunate that I was I able to get there mm -hmm. and to join. Um, definitely some hard knocks uh, along the way that could have prevented it. But, you know, the good Lord and, you know, yeah. the efforts I uh, put forth, you know, allowed me to go into the military and serve my country, whether I'm a gay or not. Yeah. And just to do my part and you know I was able to retire and it was a very um rewarding great experience yeah um, you served I, for 20 plus years right in the air force I served for 30 30 wow so this was around the time so you left home joined the military and for for the entire time that you were there um you were essentially a lesbian right so is that like around the time of don't ask, don't tell. What was that like? You know, I, t I, I can't remember the actual date for don't ask, don't tell when uh, 
that came about. But I always know that, you know, that was one of the initial questions on the questionnaire to join the military about homosexuality. Um, and so we, anybody who joined that was a homosexual knew that that was, you know, yeah. against the rules. You'll get kicked out, court-martialed, uh, in wow. trouble. There was a lot of witch hunts, um, definitely a lot of uh, judgment. And frankly, it was just against the rules at that time while serving in the military. Um, with that, I think a lot of the gays that have came before me and even serving now, um, not so much now because it's acceptance, more accepted, but we know how to probably camouflage maybe our lifestyles because there's probably people out there that don't want it known now uh, yeah. because of whatever their positions right. and, you know, they don't want to be scrutinized so or singled out. So... Yeah, no, I get that. And, you know, being someone who's gay myself and a lesbian, it's hard when you've finally embraced who you are as a lesbian or as gay and or queer. And as you come out, it's almost like that's the only thing about you, you know, that you're not known for anything else. You could be, you could be this wonderful human being. You could be a pastor at the same time, or you could be this and you could be that and all you're ever going to be known for is a lesbian woman. And so I, I understand why some people pr prefer not to out themselves because they want to be known for something else too. You're not just that, right? So 30 years in the military, in the Air Force, um, you've served quite a bit. Uh, you, you, and we've talked about this, in, you know, and personally that, you know, you've, you've basically dedicated your life to the military. And then now that you're gone you know and done and did your duty you're pretty much essentially living the life now of right <laughs> somewhat yeah. living it up <laughs> right well i have to say yeah i'm living a pretty good life right now and i'm pretty happy and you know i'm amongst excellent uh lesbians in the community of san antonio a lot of great friendships and just a lot of um different social activities to come together and really to unite lesbians in a healthy and safe place in San Antonio by enriching our lives and really warding off, you know, things like depression, mm -hmm. uh, loneliness, because, you know, when you spend a lot of time alone because you feel like you don't got a community, especially, you know, being gay, it's tough. Yeah, uh, It's tough to even you know, make friends in general, whether you're straight or gay, especially as you get older. Right. So where do you go and find that? Yeah. And so this is the beauty of uh, Just Us Lesbians. And it's definitely given me, you know, what I've been looking for in life. And that's why I'm really happy to do it. I try to put my all into it. Yes, you uh, have. And it's, you know, definitely extremely rewarding and, you know, personally, you know, has impacted me in a positive manner regarding my mental health. Yes. And so I really uh, appreciate where we're at. So when, when, so after the, mil after the military, after you retired, you s basically um, situated yourself here in San Antonio. This is where you, how long have you lived here in San Antonio? 
I retired in 2015 from the military, and I immediately moved back here. But I had been stationed here several times prior. Gotcha. So, but finally returning and retiring was 2015. Gotcha. So you decided to come back here because you, when you were, when you were here before, you loved it here. Basically, sounds like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I loved everything about San Antonio, especially from a military perspective knowing that at one point I would be retiring. And to me, you got to look at cost of living, what's your health care going to look like, as well as the support of the military and the community. And San Antonio being Military City USA, I couldn't think of a, a better place. A better place, yeah. Besides the weather. I love it. Yeah, right. So you still... You still talk to your family now, right? So everything is sort of... So after... After you, you know, you you signed up for the military and you were gone home, have you guys ever revisited you being a lesbian? And how does that, like, how, are they finally accepting of it now? Well, I mean, um, it's been, you know, probably four decades um, since that time frame. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, times have changed, experiences of people, people have lived life, and you know, society as a whole. So yes, I mean, everybody knows it's out there. Um, <laughs> they, they've, I mean, they knew from the very first time. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah. I'm sure I, your mom can't forget <laughs> the first time she's ever found out that you're back with a different oh team for the gosh. other team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was something for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you guys laugh about it now, but I'm sure when it happened, it was a shock for everyone. Um, so, but before we jump into, you know, what you've done with the Justice Lesbians in 2015, I wanted to obviously spend time about your career with the military because you have gone from like the rank and file all the way to the very top, right? Like I'm sure that our listeners would want to know that you've, that you'd retired at the very top. Like how was that experience and how... I mean, did your um, did your sexuality even come into play at that point? And in those thirty days, that I mean, sorry, thirty years that you were at the military, um, did you even have a you know? Did you have someone in your life? Because I went in at the age of nineteen, and at that time I was already experiencing some personal turmoils in my own life because uh, the death of my grandmother. And just, you know, in general, being away from home, a very shy, insecure, you know, young lady. And also knowing that my lifestyle wasn't, you know, conducive to the military rules. Yeah. And so pretty much, you know, throughout my career, even to the bitter end, I, you know, pretty much lived in hiding and did my best to conceal that side of my life being a lesbian I I didn't openly act on it never did anything that would bring that attention to me very just you know a little bit more reserved just did what I had to do in regards to you know the duties in the military that were assigned to me and just kept pressing on I do know there were a lot of different things that occurred like I mentioned earlier witch hunts and things like that. I never experienced any of that, but I also kept an extremely low-key profile, never talked to anybody about it. Um, so, you know, I was um, 
safe regarding that. You asked about a couple relationships. There were a few. That was it. Very, yeah. uh, you know, shortened the time frame. And that was it. Just being able to, um, you know, have a couple friends along the way. Sure. Was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, just friends. So would you say that your primary goal was to just be basically to really be the best i mean what would you even say like a soldier or a careerist was your like uh, primary focus essentially is to like um be the best that you can be yeah i mean i would say that i hope that everybody goes out there and tries to follow that for themselves for me i would say that you know, I knew where I where I was in my hometown of Wichita, Kansas, and I was going nowhere fast. And it kind of scares me to think where I would have been if I hadn't joined the military. Right. I mean, we all have them stories where, you know, you really probably don't want to revisit where you could have uh, ended up. And so that's definitely like that for me. I knew that when I went into the military, I was going to do the best job that I could you know, to the best of my abilities, you know, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses and just, sure. you know, do the best and that's it. Um, I uh, was fortunate because of the military, you know, they offered the tuition assistance. And while the criteria changed over the years, you know, they eventually went to 100% tuition mm-hmm. uh, assistance. So, you know, I was able to get my degrees in the military and just keep moving on just doing my best you know there were definitely hard knocks along I bet the way but you know um so in those 30 years you've traveled everywhere I would imagine so what was like the one of the best uh, places you've been and would you you know would you like to go back to that now that you're retired and you can pretty much you know travel anywhere yes I would definitely say I was extremely fortunate because in the 30 years I moved around 14 times wow. to different uh, locations. And really, it was kind of like every two years I was gone. And, you know, it was it was nice because I could go and reinvent myself and learn from my own personal sure. <laughs> uh, lessons, learn that, you know, where I wanted to reshape and, you know, like I said, reinvent myself. The travel was amazing. I got to go all over the world. Um I'd have to say, you know, like a lot of people would say Europe. Europe. Europe was amazing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go back there just because I enjoy, you know, how they live over there, their culture, a lot of the old architecture that's right. still there, and they preserve it. So mm-hmm. that was a great experience. And just see, you know, how other people in different countries live. But overall... um, you came back to San Antonio. Something about San Antonio is probably pretty special, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a great community. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, there was a lot more lesbians here that have have not came out or they're in relationships where, you know, there's really no need to have too much, you know, socialization where it's known that a lot of lesbians you know, they get in their relationships and kind of stick close to home. And, you know, that's fine. That happens. Even, you know, heterosexual, it it happens. Um, that just trying to, you know, grow this community in San Antonio's, I think, the right spot for it. 
Yeah. So in 2015, you came back here, and it, that's where you've joined the Justice Lesbians Group. Is that how you found the group? No, it was um, at the earlier part of COVID, I want to say. It was either later, um, the latter half of 2019, and then the earlier part of 2020. Is when you joined. Uh, is when I joined Justice Lesbian. Um meetup group it was you know the meetup platform mm-hmm. read about the whole meetup thing in a magazine i thought it was really really neat it was definitely going through my own changes regarding covid loneliness depression right. yeah. and i knew that i'm a social person and i love being around people and i'd prefer really to spend as much time <laughs> as i can with lesbians <laughs> i see that <laughs> So you joined the group right before COVID, and then, um, and then from there you took over essentially, right? So there was a different organizer, and then she sort of bowed out and relinquished the throne. And so you've been actively the main organizer for the past three years. It's a, Is it's that right? A, it's yeah. going on about three, maybe three and a half. Yeah. The way I understand how this meetup group, just us lesbians that somebody back in 2010 established it under the Meetup platform. There's quite a few members, over 2,500 now. Yeah, amazing. But, yeah, definitely amazing. And they, the group has gone through a, definitely a lot of transitions in regards to change out of leaderships and, of course, different activities, you know, the volume of activities at different times, whether it's, you know, once a month, several times a month, or once every couple months. And so, you know, yes, the main organizer at that time basically said that they had some other priorities in their life that they needed to focus on, and they couldn't focus on this meetup group. And so I actually volunteered. I I really wanted it. I knew that I believed, based on my experience and leadership in the military, that maybe I could make a difference in you know, get the group going and you have, oh my gosh. I mean, like I told everyone and that's been listening to this first episode of the podcast, this wouldn't have launched if not for the sponsorship of Justice Lesbians. And Jackie definitely is the big part of that. And the big part of why the group has been really successful. Um, so, um, I guess, so for everyone who's has not heard about the group and is interested in joining us, please, you know, um, join us. We are pr- pretty much available in, an avail- I mean, it's available in meetup.com, just as lesbians. Um, you can also find us on social medias because we have very active Facebook accounts, um, Instagram and TikTok. Um and I would personally say that the Justice Lesbians group have changed my life completely because I was a transplant to San Antonio two years ago now, if you could believe it. And a year and a half ago, I found Jackie, I found Justice Lesbians, and I've been a very active proponent in the group ever since. And I've been very, very honored that I am part of the group, very grateful that it has given me a starting point because when I first moved to San Antonio, did not know a soul. Um, and if not for the group, I wouldn't have found this great community of lesbian women who truly, genuinely cares for one another. Um, so 
what's your overall vision and where do you see the group in a year or two? I know this year's closing out. We have 2024 literally knocking on our doors here and we have another year in front of us. Do you, how do you envision the following year coming up with a group as a short term? I know you have long-term goals too, but as a short term, where do you see it just as lesbians? Yeah, with just us lesbians and we're, you know, I'd like to see us go, especially in 2024, is definitely increase um, membership, mm-hmm. continue a lot of different activities, varied that, you know, interests um, all kinds of different um, hobbies or what the ladies are looking for. And to keep it that way, gathering, you know, um, more local support from leadership i'd like to get us a little bit more well known within the san antonio community Mm -hmm. as well as other organizations a lot more volunteer uh support to community right um involved with that actually continuing like this podcast increasing our social media presence online Mm -hmm. as well as you know there's a few other things i'm thinking about reaching out to other lesbian communities throughout the United States and informing them about us and potentially launching, you know, a meetup group in other cities. I know that we've been contacted by at least two other um, cities and groups, um, ladies in their groups that wanted to know about our group. They saw us online, wanted to know, you know, what it, takes to be successful lessons learned and definitely you know provide that to them and you know definitely want everyone to be successful in this endeavor and you know it's near and dear to my heart lesbians and Mm -hmm. you know to keep focus on growing our community friendships you know have people to hang around with that understand you absolutely that's like yeah it's priceless um and i can tell you somebody from Phoenix who has not heard of a lesbian group at all. And I was looking and craving for something like this. Um, so it'd be truly wonderful if we can have a just as lesbians chapter, you know, in every statewide. And I know you and I have talked about that of was one of the goals. Hope, hopefully, you know, way down the road and through um, this podcast, hopefully we can reach more than just the San Antonio lesbians and hopefully all throughout the United States. Um, Cause if it's life changing for me and I know it is for you too. And that's why you've been the big um, support of the group and you've been working hard on everything um, to make the group really successful. Um, so I guess, you know, you've, you've, you've gone through a lot of successful things, you know, you've launched, a justice lesbians group very successful you have had you have had such a flourishing career in the military um do you like are you like d- sort of like relaxing now on your goals do you have or do you have any more that you you're trying to do you know as you in the next few years like what do you envision for yourself personally yeah i've always been one of these uh people that have to have goals I have to have purpose and have an idea where I want to go so I would say you know really focus on um, 
just us lesbians, what we can do to grow it in a positive manner, increase membership, and, uh, you know, be the benchmark for a lesbian group across the United States. That's, to me, my long-term vision. I I love saying that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, just to, you know, and meet new uh, ladies in the community that are as uh, fired up about having lesbians uh, in their social social circle mm-hmm. and just continue in this manner and really enrich lives. I mean, I've heard so many different stories about how the group has enriched lives of the ladies. It's changed their lives. Uh, they'll tell me, hey, I would have never had this group of friends if it wasn't for the group. I mean, I hear story after story of... Um, the positive impact that it's made on the ladies. And like I said, a big one for me is my mental health, right. keeping myself on track in that manner, as well as, you know, having wonderful ladies like yourself, you know, as part of my life. And all of these are great blessings and gifts. So you're not stopping, basically. <laughs> you're not <laughs> relaxing is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Let's just say not right now. Not right now, which is good because... You know, we need it. Um, it's a resource for everyone. Um, and, you know, during this time that it's, we have all this technology to connect us to others, you still need a special group like this that actually, that you guys can do something together outside of just texting or calling. It's it's different. It's different when you come out and achieve something together. Um, the second time this year that we've shown up to... Um, the uh, the San Antonio Gay Pride Parade, um, and the visibility of having a lesbian group, it's it's beyond special because it's very uncommon. It's you know it's so unique, it's so special. So we're hoping that every year we come out there and be visible for everyone out there, and that's part of the reason why we launched this podcast as well is to have a another connection to the lesbian community a resource that you can listen to that if you you know if you ever if you're new if you're a newly lesbian out there and you don't know quite where to start and you're still figuring yourself out you'll hear stories about Jackie you know and about myself and many other guests that's going to come forward to the show that you'll hear their triumphs, failures, successes, all these things, right? And hope that you can connect to that in one way or another. Um, So before we close out the show, um, do you have one or two things that you can share, that you can impart to our listeners? I would just say, you know, being thankful, having gratitude for where you're at in your life, doing the best job that you can, which is all we can do. I'm a big believer in service uh, to other people. And I would just say, you know, put your best foot forward and do what makes you happy, whether you're in the LGBT community or heterosexual. Do your best, enjoy life as as it comes, and just keep pressing on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will keep on pressing on. That's what this show is all about. We hear stories like Jackie's. We hear advice from people like her. And um, there's going to be a whole bunch more. Um, So we thank you for joining our very first episode. 
Um, and we hope you join us on the next one. If you have any comments or any feedback or any stories you want to share with us, um, please hit us up on our socials. We're at the Taco Stand Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So thanks again, Jackie, for joining us today. Um, and we can't wait to hear more about just as lesbians group i know that you're going to take the group in the next level and hopefully um, we get more just as lesbians group outside of san antonio well thank you very much i appreciate you taking the time and ownership of the podcast for the taco stand under just us lesbians <laughs> all right everybody thanks for joining us hey Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Taco Stand Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>